I was always we were, I was always near the French horns. Yeah. yeah. I was a trombonist. Michelle. French horn. You did not. I did. French horn. French horn. I toured with Cedarville and the brass choir. Wow. We should, we should and no, bring. And you, okay, and with the French horn, we, I, I toured with Roberts Wesleyan. Did you? In my senior year, they yeah. were so short on French horn players because uh-huh. it's that rare that they actually invited me it's to a come tour. Gift. <laughs> it's a spiritual <laughs> They invited me to come tour with them. So I was like, yeah, I'll come tour with your yeah. like college band. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. We should maybe like do a little uh, a trio of something right. here. Do some special music on the yeah, podcast. I'll be trombone. Careful what we promise, everyone. Who's going to be first and second, <laughs> though, French horn? The Brad will be first. What people love most about a French horn, same with a trombone, is emptying your spit. Oh, no. <laughs> I used to have a little bowl so with my gross. buddies. You had a bowl? Yeah. Back in high school. When that we was were cleanly of you. Did, that we was did. very we would cleanly. Like try to fill it up by the end of band practice. I mean, everyone calls it oh. spit. It's really condensation, but yeah. It was mostly. spit. It, it was spit. Oh, Are you sure? The way so Michelle played her French horn, it was spit. <laughs> oh, dude. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together, we can be a little better. Well, welcome to week, help me out guys, week three. Week three. Week three of Acts of the Church. Drew did it the first two weeks. Oddly enough, this week, I think Drew wants plausible deniability. So he is not here while we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But uh, Nate, why don't you tell us what you did in 60? What did I do in 60? It was pretty much Pentecost. The start of the church, we, you know, last couple of weeks, we've been building up to this moment. Drew's been talking about that. Well, we see the church actually begin. We see the gift of the Holy Spirit comes. And so really just walk through the first part of Acts 2 to help people understand what that looked like, what that meant. But then even just tried to talk through some things that can be a little hard to understand or might be confusing as it relates to, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit gift of tongues, what's going on there, as well as then just spiritual gifts in general that um, are a part of the church, but yet oftentimes can be just unknown, not really talked about. Um, So just try to bring some clarity to each of those areas. Excellent. 41 seconds. Well done. Hey, that's pretty good. And if you're listening to us, um, you may not yet know that Michelle Geringer has joined us again on the podcast. Happy to be here. Here she is. So once again, if you have any questions at all, it's mgeringer at (laughs) northridgerochester.com. Funnel them all to Michelle. Excellent. (laughs) But uh, listen, um, there was... I mean, I always ask this question. I think there's, uh, what did you leave on the table? There is a lot. I mean, we're talking about something that, boy, you just think about all kinds of flavors of churches, you know, what's happened in churches, what happens around the world. Tell me what you left on the table. You tried to communicate 25 minutes in a helpful way. Right. I think I even shared at our, we do a pre-preach and you guys are all part of that. I even shared, I think I like rewrote this talk like three times, just trying to decide what, what is the most helpful or best direction to go. But Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you're right. There was a lot that you can, we could have delved into in the talk. I think probably the bigger one that I was trying to, yeah, that I left out was more just the idea of what is known as cessationism is, and what that means is that's a big theological term, but it is this whole idea of are all of the gifts of the spirit still at work and in play in the life of the church today? Meaning more of the miraculous gifts that we saw the apostles 
um, do, like miracles and healing and things of that nature? Are those are those still in play today? And what does Northridge Church believe on that? That was one that, yeah, I just left out, but is very important. And I think, you know, one that could be worthy of talking about more if you want to talk about that more here, Bradley. Well, I'm kind of curious, Michelle, um, tell us about what you um, grew up with uh, in the church. Was that was it that flavor as well? Yes, actually, um, speaking of tongues, what I really appreciated was that you spent one sermon in about 20 minutes talking about tongues, because believe it or not, the church I grew up in spent an entire year, my fourth grade year, talking about the gift of tongues. One and year. An one entire oh, wow. year, and I really didn't understand, I was in fourth grade, I really did not understand what we were getting at, but I knew we were talking about it a lot and that we were not doing it, and that was my big right. Right. That's the thing, so to spend one year saying, stay away from it. An entire wow. year. So I think that there is some things to be left on the table, but I appreciate that we're also spending time focusing on like the ways that the Holy Spirit is active and more than just tongues in so many different aspects. Sure. Um, I did. I did grow up in a church that was cessationist, so believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, maybe that God is still powerful that God can still heal, that God can still do things, but that the specific gifting of individuals by the Holy Spirit right. had ceased after the time of the early church. Well, I th yeah, and I think theologically they would tie it to the conclusion of the canon. So like once we had all of been, Scripture, right. and that's a way to interpret some of what Paul says. I don't think it's it's certainly not the only way others argue um, you know, vigorously, you know, with that, but that cessationist position would try to argue from Paul that that would, when the perfect is come, the imperfect's done away with. We no longer need those miraculous gifts. So the, we're three for three here, I think, growing up, you know, in right, that same. environment. Mm -hmm. But then we also have people way on the other side of the spectrum, for which you know everything that was happening there should be you know, happening 100%, you know, today, you know, at all times, um, and maybe even leaning into some of the situations that Paul was describing that are more chaotic. Um, so there's some, this is what we're trying to find, right? This yeah. wisdom between, you know, totally shutting the spirit out or embracing, you know, a wrong idea about right. the spirit. What is the wise path, right. you know, in the middle? So. And I think as a church, that's where we, we, we would not say we're cessationists, but we try to remain open on that. Like God mm -hmm. can, we don't want to put God in a box that he can do whatever he wants to do. And you, yeah, you can maybe point to some evidences that would see like some of those decreased as the life of the church continued to grow post Pentecost. But there's no one passage you can look at that definitively would say, no, they have ceased back to your point of like, there is that one verse, I think, is that, 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians when the perfect comes or something like that. Uh, we're going to put the verse in the show notes because apparently we don't remember <laughs> the one. It's in 1 Corinthians. But people will try to point to yeah. that to say, hey, they've ceased in terms of the miraculous gifts. Right. Of that God working through a person to do something miraculous. They might mm -hmm. say like, well, God still does miraculous things. He just does them. I'm not doing them on behalf of God is where I think is that line where... Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's the viewpoint. Uh, three for three, we grew right. up with. Two ways I think that that's expanding. One is the people that are coming to Northridge now, because I appreciate the diversity of of backgrounds and sure. experience of those who are coming and joining us now. Um, and Michelle, number two, you come 
to the table with a bit of an international perspective. You've been in other countries, you've been in the church, you know, in other places. As we widen that view, what sort of things have you seen, like internationally or? Okay, well, and we just got to say that the spirit is so powerful and present and alive Amen. and active. Glory. And Amen. like God is in every single Christian and he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And I want to watch it and see it and be front row. My favorite line from your sermon was each one of us is a burning bush. Yeah. Every <laughs> believer is a burning bush. So exactly. God is glorious, shining through, through the Holy Spirit. And so when it comes to this, this thought of what are, what are our gifts? I think sometimes it's tremendously obvious the certain things that God has gifted people in, that his spirit is flowing through them. Like if you hear someone pray and they're gifted in prayer, they're mm-hmm. connected to the spirit, you, you can't deny it. You know it. When you hear someone teach and when you hear somebody sing, when you go to someone's home and they open the door and they are, are just over the moon to have you there and they welcome you in and you just feel like you're sitting at God's table because their hospitality is so strong. I mean, there's, there's just some really obvious gifts, but the Holy Spirit also gifts us in moments in temporary ways when you're like, my palms are sweating. I, I have like a lump in my throat and I can't barely even begin. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then it comes out well. And that's mm-hmm. like the Holy Spirit speaking through you. He's showing up in those moments where maybe you don't feel like you have a gifting, but you have the Holy Spirit. And so you don't have to have a worry about whether or not you're gifted or not in something you can just move forward with that Holy Spirit swagger that Drew was talking about because you know that God's going to show up for you when you are pursuing his kingdom, when you're sharing the gospel, when you're doing those those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nate, I'm kind of curious. Do you think we call too... Are we slapping the label spiritual gift on too many things? You mentioned that it was that um, the texts we look at are not necessarily... The lists are not necessarily exclusive because they're different, right? They're, it's not like one bona fide complete list. There's gifts that are mentioned, you know, included, excluded in different lists. Right. So I mean, there's other I ways kinda, that God, I kind of grew up in a in a in a church culture or branch, whatever you want to call it, where it was kind of like you all the spiritual inventory tests were all like centered on the ones that were found in scripture, which can be helpful, but I kind of had this view of like that was it. Like that's mm-hmm. all we had to work with. When I I feel like it is greater than that because I think again the purpose of those spiritual gifts is God gives them to us to empower us to edify one another or to push the message of the gospel forward. So I really believe like it could be many different things at different times, multiple gifts, not even just one gift. I don't even, you may have one gift for a season and then God brings another gift to be a part of your life that he wants to use in and through you. And so, um, yeah, I'm one that there, there's a lot of you know, list mentioned six of them in the New Testament, but none of them include the same one. None of them are exhaustive. So I would say, like even today, there's gifts that people have with creativity and technology and computers that obviously wasn't a part of the early church that, man, God is using people uh, like Stephen Hurlbert and is it Paul Hur- Hurlbert? Paul's brother, yeah. Yeah, like they, these guys just know stuff about Techie. Oh my goodness, yeah. That are running problems. data, our database that uh-huh. are an amazing gift that God through his spirit has given to them that is benefiting thousands of people that have no idea at our church. They will never see them. He'll never be out in front, but yet God is just as powerfully working Well, he will be that. in the lobby. They're in yeah. the lobby. Oh, they are. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Rochester. That's yeah. right. So um, what about you, Michelle? Other gifts that you've seen that aren't on the biblical list, but you really appreciate, you know, out there? Um, 
you know, we were talking, we were kind of talking about this. So I think that there's, there's like resources and, and like talents that we have that we want to use for God. And then there's also ways that the Holy Spirit works through us. So we were saying before an example of somebody, maybe they have like the gift of administration Mm -hmm. and then they are not a Christian and then they come to Christ. Are they going to use their gifts of administration for the church? We're hoping. We need that. We need a lot of that, right? But also the Holy Spirit's probably going to give them another one too. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's something that they're not super comfortable in or they never thought that they would be a prayer warrior. But then when they start praying, they realize, Mm -hmm. oh, that God is working through me. And I can tell that the Spirit is like, I'm praying with the Spirit over this person. And then that becomes one of their spiritual gifts. So I think there is this, Nate, in your sermon, you talked about, um, you know, our passions, our talents, and then where there's need. And then also this other piece about what are other people seeing in you? So if you're, you know, if you're out there and you're somebody who has really high discernment, you can just, you just have a gut feeling. You can see things in people. You see spiritual gifts in people, tell them because they might not know. It's really hard to tell what you're good at. And I know in my life, like when people have told me, oh, wow, like I could really tell that, you know, God was working through you in that moment. That meant a lot because it just helped to open my eyes to help me to understand what are the gifts that God has given me. I, I, I think I mentioned too, like there, a lot of times are within your natural abilities, but it is neat, you know, to think back and know that there also can be times where they're beyond your natural gifting and wiring. I just think of, mm-hmm. I worked in Yellowstone National Park for a summer. It was part of like a crew missions trip. And there was a guy um, named Steven who was just very soft-spoken. And a lot of the ministry that we did was relational. And so we go on hikes or a fishing trip or a camping trip with other employees that we were working with within the park. And he went along and we brought some of our, you know, unsaved coworkers to come with us on this hike. And he, you know, he, he, we got into conversations about spiritual things. And man, I remember like Stephen just so clearly articulating his faith and his own story in ways that were just not like him. And I remember afterwards just talking about like, dude, Stephen, like way to go, man. Like, where did that come from? He's like, I don't really know, but man, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, so it's it it they are. Amen. Yeah. It is also times where it's just like if you're open and available <clears throat> and taking like, I feel like yeah that that's even part of that spilled with the filled with the spirit of like living in this place of like are we even open to ways in which God wants to use us beyond what we would even think or yeah think possible. So you said nine out of ten Christians don't know what their spiritual gifts are. And Michelle, you really made that contribution in pre-preach of the idea of affirmation, you know, seeing those gifts each other. And, and so in the spirit of affirmation right here, you know, in this room, can we sort of brainstorm and affirm what we think each other's gifts are? I was originally going to ask what your gifts were, but maybe we should speak for each other in terms of, of what we see. Spiritual gifts, you know. Nate, what do you think Michelle's gifts are? <laughs> Michelle, what do you think Nate's That's gifts are? a great are? question. <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, I'll start. I want to start. I want to start. Brad, I think that you have a spiritual gift um, for caring for the poor and for praying for people that are just on the fringe, that are far away. Maybe other people that, like, if there's somebody that makes other people nervous, Mm. 
you're with them, you're hanging out, you're mm. having a cup of coffee, chatting, laughing, making mm. people feel comfortable mm. and, and just drawing that person in. So when, mm-hmm. when there's a core and there's a center, it's like a Zoloft commercial. When there is a group of people <laughs> together and there's someone alone, you're over there and you're reaching that person. You're going after the mm. one. And I see that in you. And that's, that's a spiritual gift. Oh, thank you. It's great. I appreciate that. Let me pile on to that with, okay. or not pile on, but right. let me start with Michelle. What I love about you and getting to know you is like your ability to discern is truly an amazing gift. Like your ability to think of something maybe in a different way or in a way that's going to help us think more broadly or more intentionally with whether it's missions or beyond or how we think about things. I know even in like our pre-preach or sermon writing process, like you help bring clarity and ideas there because of your gift of discernment that I just wouldn't see or others wouldn't see that has been just such a blessing and so many different ways through across our, our church body, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with our church is in a place that never, Michelle, you have taken yeah. us where we've never been, and I don't know where we ever would have got to. So appreciate that so yeah. much. So Nate, I mean, for you, I mean, clearly the gift of teaching. I mean, we're here talking about, you your know, sermon, sermon. <laughs> you're, you know, you, you're on the sermon, uh, you know, writing team, you're. Uh, up there often, and I'm always blessed, you know, by what you do. But also for you, you have a gift of I wouldn't, I don't know if it's called it's certainly leadership, you know, administration. And I want to cite a couple of things. One was years ago, our very first multi-site campus was Greece. We expanded to Greece, and you headed up that effort. And your ability to organize and coordinate and make things happen and make sure that things didn't fall through the cracks and that what came together was was amazing. And then you did it again in Webster. So Webster, you know, you're head and you navigated that one through COVID, you know, getting that that building, you know, you know, completed and coordinating so many things. So I say that because I have none of that. I mean, I'm so scatterbrained in terms of organization. I might have some gift in, in, you know, in teaching, but when it comes to leading, you know, a project through to completion like that, you have blessed the church. Yeah. And I think that's where, that's where the spirit leads is that the church needs all of those yeah. things right. and we're not all going to be good at all of them, but together right. we bring something really special. You pile up these gifts and the gifts of the Holberts and the gifts of all of the music teams and the kids ministry workers and the greeters mm-hmm. and the people who are praying in the background and the people who are at home praying because they can't leave their home, but they care and they know and they love our church and they're praying mm-hmm. for our church. I think all of those specific gifts all brought together is what glorifies God. Yeah. And so we need each other and we have to rely on each other. Mm-hmm. So Nate, I think next week Jason talks about, you know, now the gift, you know, the church has started and you start to see some of these things of people now using those gifts for one another and with one another. And I agree, like that's the beauty of, of the church is all of us coming together collectively to bless one another, build one another up, and use that. God works in and through that to, mm-hmm. to push his mission forward. But that's the cool part of Acts, too, is you get to see now this movement take off and see God at work through, yeah, people like Peter and others that we're going to see. Very cool. So I love that we're spending this time talking about the Holy Spirit. And one of the dangers of, like we mentioned growing up with cessationism, one of the dangers of, I think, of cessationism is that it leads to a very, I was almost going to say like a cold experience of Christianity, but it is one that it's so easy to think that um, Christianity is about, you know, 
affirming and believing the right things, right? Whether it's, you know, theological assertions, what we, you know, believe about the Bible. Let's all get on the same page. Let's read writings that were written thousands of years ago. You know, we'll say they're still true. We'll say what they mean. But it's very, very distant. In some ways, it just feels like party affiliation. You know, here I'm in the right political party. I, you know, with the right people believing, you know, the right things. Um, But instead to say, no, Jesus is alive and his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is alive and at work and stuff happens. Miraculous stuff happens. Things we didn't expect. It's not just make sure you believe the right things, do the right things. We're only going to allow spiritual gifts that are totally understood rationally, you know, and yet, you know, the Spirit is alive and at work. So my last question, you know, to the two of you is we've all walked with Christ for a while. What activity of the Holy Spirit, what stories come to mind of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives? Well, I shared that story earlier. Is there one that comes to mind even for you, Michelle, as you think of, I don't even, yeah, whatever. I guess it could be here or even overseas or. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think of someone that I know who, this is not like a, there's no like healing involved in this story, but I think this is evidence of the Holy Spirit is when when we walk in accordance to God's way, we follow Jesus and it makes absolutely no sense and it is tremendously difficult. And I know somebody um, who is going through a divorce and whose children don't want to talk to them and they continue to choose loving actions even in spite of their not being like any benefit like there's no warm and fuzzies coming back but still continuing to choose to love and the only way you do that over and over again is through the holy spirit that's evidence of the holy spirit to me because without the holy spirit you're gonna find a time you're gonna break you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's only by going back to the well day after day time and time again that this person is able to respond that way Mm -hmm. so it's not this like big upfront miracle but man i know that the only way that's going to happen is through through the holy spirit yeah what about you brad you got one yeah, I mean, there's a few, um, and there's one many years ago, but so um, lasting. And I'm trying to, the challenge is to tell, tell this in a, a short story here as we wrap up the podcast. But as I was finishing up seminary years ago, our youngest, we have four children, our youngest was an infant, and we were in the Chicago area, and we we're driving back to Rochester on a house hunting trip. So we were coming back just with our infant, Gabe, our youngest, and uh, we, were, we had this Grand Caravan, Dodge Grand Caravan, it was just giving us total grief. The transmission failed, and we kept getting it you know, replaced, replaced. A friend of mine in the church was the mechanic, and he was doing all he could, but, you know, we'd do it. And so Karen and I are saying, do we drive this van back to Rochester or do we have to rent something we'd already rented something to go on vacation it's like Lord do you want us to do this again it seems to be running okay should we shouldn't we we're like praying about it and we just felt the Lord said go and we went with that van we drive to Rochester house hunting trip we're driving back we're in Ohio and all of a sudden I can tell I can tell that it's it's not it doesn't it. feel right. It doesn't right. It starts slipping, grinding, uh-uh. and we're getting it off the highway. And I'm driving it into a little town in Ohio, and it rolls into the parking lot. The transmission is totally stripped. I can't do anything. You know, you put it in gear, nothing. And we went into a restaurant, you know, just to grab dinner with the three of us. And I'm 
mad. And I'm just saying, God, we prayed. We asked. You, come on, we would have gone the other way if you wanted us to go the other way. But why did you do this? We, it's just we're here, you know, it was a mess. And we finished dinner, and we went back out to the car, and Karen and I were just sitting there. And I don't know why, but there were these three people walking down the street, and they're just odd. I don't know, if you've ever seen people in the city or something, sometimes there's people odd. They're talking to themselves or whatever. These people looked like they were talking to each other, but were they praying? What were they doing? You know, they were, it was weird. And Karen literally said, why don't you ask them to pray? And she was horrified because I opened the door. I stepped out of the van, and I walked across to these strangers. I said, are you you know, are you Christians? And they said, yes, yes, we are. You know, I said, I think you, you're praying, yeah. And I said, we, we're stuck here. Would you pray for our van? I don't know why this came up. And they walked over. I talked to them a little bit. They lay hands on the van, on the hood, and they're praying, and then it becomes speaking in tongues, and then they continue to pray. And then their hands come on me, and they're praying for me. And then they, and they finish, and chatting a little bit, and then they just, they were done. They walked out. They didn't even stick around to see the results. And then I get back in that van, and I'm like, all right. I turned the ignition. I put it in gear, and it was fine. Wow. And we drove, wow. and we drove the rest of the way to Karen's sister in Cedarville, Ohio. And the next day, it's like, do we need to stay here and get this fixed, or do we drive it all the way to Chicago? And we're like, we're driving it to Chicago. And we drove all the way to Chicago, and maybe like a week after we got back, the transmission was fried again, it got replaced, then it was fine forever wow. after. But it was just for us, and other people might explain it different ways, I, but to me, it was just, you know, wow. one of those things where... Well, you can't just, like, pretend that didn't happen. No. Or like, no. Yeah, no. that's amazing. No, no. And then I could feel telling other people, uh, our cessationist friends, the story, <laughs> trying to find explanations. Don't diminish. <laughs> Don't right. diminish the work of the Holy Spirit. No, Not allowed. Not allowed. It's just things that happen. You say, God is alive. Yeah. You know? yeah. And he's, yeah. He, a friend of mine I met in community group, um, she grew up in Iran, and she grew up Muslim, and her parents would say, go and pray. And she would go to pray, and she was taught the prayers. You know, she was taught Muslim prayers. And then when she was done praying, she would do the prayers that she was supposed to do. And then she said, and then I just started praying to Jesus. And then, you know, and then I just stopped doing the other prayers, and I just started praying to Jesus every time. And then when it came time for her to go to university, she just decided to come to the U.S., and she said, maybe I should go to a church. And so she went to a church down south, and she just said, you know, I've been praying to Jesus for a long time, and I just need to learn some more. And so, like, the Holy Spirit was drawing her, even from a country that doesn't really allow Christianity, was drawing her in. Jesus came to her and taught her about himself even before she was able to interact with a Christian. And then when she came here, she did become a Christian and change her faith wow. and, and walked through that with her family, and it was really very challenging. Challenging and they did not mm -hmm. want her to become a Christian. Um, but, but she's been one for so long, right? She's been mm -hmm. praying to Jesus her whole life. Every, her whole, all of her, you know, memory, she's mm -hmm. just been praying. She's like, that's what I've always done. Mm -hmm. And no one taught her that. The Holy yeah. Spirit taught her right. that. I think there's there's so many different ways that right. the Holy Spirit is working. And I think that's the big takeaway is that the Holy Spirit's working. And we want to continue to be connected with God so that he can work through us. Because it's the best. It's the that's best right. thing that we can get experience. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, love this time together. God is alive. The Holy Amen. Spirit is at work. And he gives us gifts so that the gospel gets 
to the rest of the world. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, well, listen, I know you want to come back next week, week four, for Acts of the Church. Mm-hmm.